this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Anchor. If you don't know what Anchor is and you're thinking about starting a podcast, you should probably find out what Anchor is because Anchor is a free way to host your podcasts. It also gives you creation tools like the ability to record yourself, record with other people, edit as well, and do it from your phone or your computer. You don't need to go buy fancy tools to start. You can start with Anchor. And you can hit the nice distribute button, and it's going to send it out to all the places you want it to be, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. In addition to that, you can make money from your podcast with no basic listenership. In other words, if you only have 10 people because you're just starting, you can still monetize that. It's really hard to find a better place to start. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started on the crazy podcast journey. I'm so concussed, I can't even tell you. So, I mean, why don't we just start with a concussion? How the, how the fuck did you get a concussion? It's the dumbest thing. Um, so I went over to this girl I'm hanging out with, and her dog really likes me, like is super excited to see me. So I was really exhausted from the day. It was a really long day. I'd been up since 5 a.m. So I just dove into bed, and the dog from a full sprint dove as well. And basically we bonked heads in midair. Um, but we hit each other's heads so hard that the dog spun out and I got launched off the bed. I did the same thing the first month I had Latte. He was, uh, well, not diving into bed. Like he was under, I was over him, you know, like kind of like playing with him like I was a dog. But yeah. obviously I'm bigger than him. So he's like standing underneath me and I'm just kind of playing around with him. And... I bent my head down, like, well, more than bent. I, I dipped my head down pretty fast, right? And he was pushing up with all his might. Oh, man. And he cracked me. You, you might remember when I was, I was talking about sore eye socket. Oh, yeah. He cracked me right in the eye socket. Ooh, he cracked you in the face? Oof. Oh, yeah. That's like, right in the socket. So I was a little I was a little punch drunk for about four days. Yeah, no, I have I have a knot on my head. And the unfortunate thing is I've got... You know, of course, life doesn't slow down. So I still had to go to work, you know, and it's like the busiest week of my work life. And then I also have to drive to LA tomorrow tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. And I feel loopy already. So I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, that's not a good combination of things. It's not, it's not a great combination. But I mean, I don't really have a choice. Might want to look and see if you can get a cheap flight. Yeah, I thought about it, but then I wouldn't have a car and I also need to stop by somewhere on the way back. Um, so it just doesn't make sense to. I mean, I would love to, don't get me wrong, but I know it's it's probably not the safest thing to do, but I, I've considered as many options as I could and I don't think that there's any real way. Like I can't afford to go down there, rent a car, drive it all the way back up here because I still need to stop in Monterey anyway on the way back. And that's, it's just not an ideal situation for many reasons. <laughs> 
I think as long as you're you're not lightheaded or you haven't lost consciousness, you'd be okay driving. Yeah, I haven't lost consciousness, and I, I'm basically I just have this unending headache, um, and that's as bad as it's gotten. So, I mean, I've had I've had concussions before, so it's not I'm pretty familiar. And I, not only that, but I've had different grades of concussions. So this one isn't severe, but it's just bad enough to to, to make my days just horrible. <laughs> You know what I mean? One thing you don't want to do is exercise. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not doing... I, I'm trying to limit my sensory input as well um, because that's a big thing with concussions now is trying to limit your your sensory input as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, exercise, like I'm, you know, I've got a hockey game um, that I've already skipped um, and then I've, I've been kind of trying to take it as easy as I can. Yeah, <sighs> no fun. I have a friend who just got a concussion over the holidays. You know, I shouldn't say just, that was like six months ago, but uh, she's still concussed. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because no she, didn't, she didn't care for it properly and she like went running. And Oof. like one of the worst things you can do is just because it exerts the blood flow, the increase in the blood flow and everything, it just makes that, that swelling even worse. Yeah, man. Concussions are no joke. I've had a few in my life and I mean, they're, they're incapacitating when they're bad enough. Like, I mean, this one, this one isn't that severe. So, I mean, I'm probably going to feel weird for about a month. Um, but at least it's not bad enough to, to completely incapacitate me. I, I don't even know what I would do in my life right now if I was incapacitated for, maybe it's good for me, who knows? Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's definitely no fun. <laughs> yeah. I've had, oh, I played football when I was younger, so I had, I had a fair share. But I had the worst one I ever had was when I was, I was working in catering, and I was in the back of the van. You know those the you know how those delivery vans the doors they latch in the middle. You know mm-hmm. they, oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. And up atop there's that square metal bracket that stands out that the door latches into. So I was lifting something and I turned really fast and I clipped that thing right on my temple. Ugh, dude it 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 dropped me like a sack of fucking potatoes. I was on the ground. It's appropriate that there's a siren in the background when I say that. Huh. <laughs> it dropped me. I was there was literally nobody around me, and I mean, I was, I was at a place where the, the closest person was like a mile away. But it dropped me, and I was just laying there for a minute, like, fuck. <laughs> I feel like that's a really shitty design. I feel like a lot of people smack their heads on those things. Oh yeah, it's it's terrible. But I mean, what else are you gonna do? It's a van. yeah. It's true. It's a good point. Yeah. They're like, don't smack your head. <laughs> yeah. Try not to try not to knock yourself out. I mean, what's the other option is to either redesign it or put one of those really obnoxious stickers that nobody reads. Yeah, true. Like, do not crack your head here. You know, like the hot coffee. Do not spill this on your crotch. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't take a huge redesign. Just turn it into a magnetic enclosure and make sure that the the magnetic enclosure is attached to the top of the van on the outside, so it doesn't. There's not that knot sticking down because I've I've almost smacked my head on that thing. Of, you know, when I was doing um, event stuff, I would I would often take things out of those vans like chairs or tables or whatever it was. And I've almost smacked my head on those things a couple of times. Yeah, I wonder how many caterers have died. <laughs> That's going to be... I'm sure the company doesn't really have a, an accurate statistic on that. <laughs> I'm trying to find a picture of it. Um, that, would be, that would be great for the new Instagram. Yeah, we have, um, we have an Instagram. Um, it's run by our interns. Our robot uh, Oompa Loompa <laughs> intern. Um, it's not a place to communicate with us. It's just a place for us to put visual images to help you guys understand things from the show. And then whatever ridiculous shit we feel like um, pushing out to be posted. Um, 
Yeah, if I can find that door latch. That's a hard thing to look for, though. Um, I shouldn't be doing it right now, though. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... We are in the middle of a recording, so... We've done weirder things on recording, so... Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm glad, you didn't, I'm glad you didn't catch that for a second. I turned the video on um, for, for Zoom for anyone who... You were who, naked. Yeah, I, I was not I wearing clothing. Did, did you really? Like, yeah, but obviously all I can see is from like your... your Top your shoulders up. <laughs> that is full, hilarious. Full no, I, I, it I is, did see that. <laughs> it's still so hot, especially that because we're recording a little bit earlier. Um, it's definitely hotter. Like the sun is basically beaming right into my room right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's freaking hot. So I am doing this um, as nature intended. You know, what's so funny about that is I was just thinking, like, you know, one of the you know Patreon ideas I told uh, Tom in the last episode about. We, I mentioned what you and I had talked about before about having a studio, which we've talked about in an episode. The audience knows about that. And then what Tom and I also talked about was I said, wouldn't it be a crazy idea too? It would be like, how about a, a traveling podcast? Like we had a Winnebago and we just went from city to city and we just podcasted across oh, the that'd country. Be, that'd be sweet. Like eventually if we get to the point where, where we have enough support, we should totally do that. That'd be awesome. I, I would... And, you know, you're like, okay, we're in Austin for two weeks and we just, you know, like we podcast our normal podcast, but then we find Austin people to talk to and have on the podcast and then we're doing it live. And and it just seems like so much fun. Um, But here's another idea that I had speaking of being naked. (laughs) Oh no. We get enough podcast support. It would be great to experiment and find a way to record a podcast live from a swimming pool. Huh. How amazing would that be if we were both just floating in swimming pools right now recording? <laughs> I would be very happy about that. It is so hot in here. I can, and we, which is probably not great for the concussion, to be honest with you. Um, it's literally like 100 degrees in here, and I have a fan on, and it's just blowing hot air in my face. I just turned it off uh, right before we started recording, actually, because it's absolutely zero help at all. Yeah, some of them just don't do shit. Ah. Oh. Let's see. Um, I have a few little topics. Few little. Do I always say that? I say that a lot. Few little. Yeah. yeah. It's becoming a thing then, I guess. Um. Anyways, <laughs> so did you happen to see any of the any of the Apple announcement stuff, which of which there are an extreme amount? No, I did not. I, this is th- this entire week. I've just been neck deep in work, so I haven't I haven't done much of anything. They're kind of nice, actually. There's way more than I could even begin to touch here. And, you know, most of this isn't a tech show, so it's not really our job to talk about that. But one that I thought was one that you and I should at least chat about for a little bit has something, I guess, in, in a way connected to our ongoing surveillance capitalism topic. Apple signed in a thing. Oh, signed in. She already spoiled it. Yeah. <laughs> Apple, Apple is making a thing called sign in with Apple. Kind of like sign in with, well, not kind of like, exactly like sign in with Facebook and sign in with Google. Mm. So when you go to websites, you know, you can use those. And their, their pitch is, guess what? We're not tracking any of it. And then they went even further and they said, if when you sign up for these services, maybe you don't want to give them your email address. Well, we'll help you create a fake email address. Oh, cool. And that fake email address... Anything sent to that fake email address will forward to your real email address. And then when you you no longer want to use that account anymore and you don't want them to have your email address, tell us and we'll delete the email address. Wow. 
That's it's, great. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. And I, I literally, right before we started, I, I saw this thing before and then I didn't read it. And then while I was waiting for you, I was like, oh shit, I'm probably going to bring that title of that article up. And I didn't read it. So then I'll have to say what I said last time was, which wish I read this, blah, blah, blah. But it was, uh, I did read it before we started. Google's login chief would rather you use Apple's sign-in button than keep using passwords. Let me ask you this. Um, so this is a super cynical question. And it's just based on the last year of us talking about surveillance capitalism. Do you believe them? Apple? Yeah. Yeah, because... Um, if they didn't do it, they would tank their entire business model. Because Apple's... I was just listening to somebody talk about this the other day. I was thinking this already and then I heard somebody say it. Apple used to... Their business model used to be, we make really great devices. That's basically it. You know, Think different. That's, that's yeah. the whole thing. Sure. That's not their business model anymore. They still do that to some extent. Well, I shouldn't say to some extent. is depending on person people's opinions, of course. But their business model is far more entrenched in privacy now than it is in we make these neat devices. Huh. Which if you're going with their, their old vision of think different, that's very different. Exactly. So, it, it, I mean, you think about it, they, you know, like you think about all the things they say, you're like, Oh, Siri. Yeah, sure. They know Siri's not as smart as Google assistant and it's not as smart as uh, Alexa, but it doesn't collect anything and they don't store any of the data. And that's huge. And they're like, well, that's, that's a, are you, if you're the kind of person that's willing to make a small, you know, uh, effectivity um, sacrifice for privacy, then we're the company for you. Mm. So if they fuck this up and they're lying, they're done. Yeah, that's true. All of those people that use Apple because they feel like their stuff is more secure will not use them anymore. Yeah, good point. So it's it's in their vested interest, and I don't think Tim Cook is a moron. Yeah, he's he's a lot of things, but he's not a moron. Yeah, so I I trust them. Um, I don't trust them implicitly. Like I think they're the best. You know that that they do everything right. You know, and obviously as a big company, there are things that they do that I'm sure I don't agree with. But as far as when it comes to this privacy thing, yeah, I trust them on this. Mm. And. If my only other options are Google and Facebook, I really, really trust them. Sure. That's a good <laughs> point. I don't trust those companies as far as I can throw them. Yeah, and they've done absolutely zero, especially in the last year or two, to prove otherwise, too. They're not even shy about it anymore. No, and, the, and then they try to... Both of them realizing... See, people made fun of Apple when Apple focused on, started focusing on privacy. Because of, oh, well, yeah, sure, you guys focus on privacy, but Siri doesn't work as well. And all this other shit, you know, like your predictive, your predictive text algorithms don't work as well. And Google and, and Facebook didn't say shit about privacy, right? They just, like, yep. and, you know, they're pumping money, in, money into the, all these, you know, far right groups that uh, advocate against regulation of those things because they need that for their business models. And then they get busted. Yep. Over and over again, small little privacy scandals, and then obviously huge ones too. And so both of them at their, I don't remember what the hell their conferences are called, E8, G8, uh, whatever the fuck code names they use, both of them, oh, we're really focused on privacy this year because right. they both they realized, fuck, 
Apple had the right fucking hook. And it doesn't matter what they say. They can promise privacy to people, but we know their business models. They can't. Unless they're going to completely change the entire business model for their company, they can't care about your privacy. They, they literally can't. Yeah. Because they won't make money. Sure. So, I mean, you know, like a, tracking you across, like what we talked about that one time with the, um, with the apps that were sending reports back, you know, DoorDash and Spotify and all these shitbag, um, Nike, all these shitbag apps that were kicking back stuff. They were kicking it back to Google and Facebook. So those guys are tracking what everybody's doing. So it's like, oh, we're not collecting your privacy. Yeah, no, you're paying other people yeah. to collect it now. That's the same fucking thing. Yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. So fuck both of you. <laughs> I, I can't... That's. I feel so awful for people who got suckered into buying Android phones. Because they are collecting everything on that phone about you. Everything. And if you don't believe me, if you're listening, you don't believe me, listen to, to Live and Die in LA, the podcast, all the way through, um, including the new bonus episode where they talk about a different case. And then watch a couple Dateline episodes from the last couple months. Almost every single one of those, they're able to track someone's exact location down to the foot because why? They have their Google location data. Mm. They literally have people down to the foot of where they are at any minute in a way that you can't from cell phone signals. I wonder I wonder how much worse that is if you buy an actual Google phone. That's what I'm saying. Those are Google phones. No, I mean like that you can actually buy a Google Pixel now, not just a, not just an Android OS device, but like a full-on I'm not sure it makes much of a difference because it's the operating system, not the hardware. Yeah, true. You know, it's the, it's the operating, it's the underlying code that's reporting back all of the data. Ah, that is horrifying. It's it's not the it's not the hardware. Sure, sure. So, it's terrifying, and I mean, the the one thing that we have never ever mentioned in this is people think that this is impossible, but hacking Google and hacking Facebook, it's not impossible. It's going to happen. It's possible if it's made by humans, it can be broke by humans. I live by that. It's going to happen one day. It's, sure. It happened to Yahoo. It happened to fucking everyone. Experian. Um, all these huge companies that people put trust in. That Oh, that could never happen. It did. It, it totally did. And it's going to happen. And if they have that information, that much information on you. you know, It's scary to know that a, something on the dark web has your email address. Mm-hmm. I've got that email before. It didn't say they had my password, but it said it had my email address. That's scary. Imagine if it had all of your Google data. Jeez. Think about that. I know where you are every day. I know what you do. I know what apps you open. I know what apps you open at what time. I know what you eat. Like, I I have all of your photos, every single photo you've ever taken. That's terrifying. Well, access to all of your social media as well. Um, All of the people on your social media, how you interact with them, where you like when you accept your email address. Yeah, your email address, your your, every text message, your phone number pin, like when you you have pins for this kind of stuff. It's just everything. (sighs) Oh, and everything that you've used sign in for Google for that have access to all of those accounts too. The weird irony of that is that a lot of the a lot of the stuff that you were forced to give was given under the guise of protection or security, and it does the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it's nothing but vulnerability. Yeah, it just creates vulnerability. And it, it's, it's, it's that cycle of dispossession, right? They convinced people of these things that aren't true. Sure. But we know deep down inside, the more that you give, the more vulnerable you are. Yeah, it's just logical. If I give you one piece of paper of, you know, like a, a from, from my accounting, you have a fair amount of information that you could do something dangerous to. Sure. The more pages of that I give you, the more dangerous you are. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's frightening. So I'm kudos to, I just said kudos. Fuck. Ugh. That felt gross. I felt like I was like a, a douche, <laughs> douchebag in a movie from 1984. Kudos. Uh, nice. I don't want to use props either. Credit to credit to Apple for for taking the lead on that and and taking the industry in a different direction. Sure. Because eventually we have to get you know we have to get real on this shit. The more the more places we sign into one thing, it seems like a really safe thing, but you know, like the more places you sign in with something, the more vulnerable you are. But if you use this and you're using a different email address for every one of them, at least you can mitigate that danger. You know, the the more impressive part about that too is, and, and sure, like Apple has been the front runner on a lot of things that are similar to this, but sacrificing, is sacrificing efficiency and functionality of an app or device in order to maintain a user's privacy as a way of maintaining a business model is actually really brave of them. And I, I really respect that. Well, and you know the thing about it is there are so many unreal expectations for the speed with which things are developed. Sure. To where companies like Amazon, companies like Google, companies like Facebook, these companies that are using people's data to further their machine learning at a rate that they probably wouldn't be able... Not probably. They definitely wouldn't be able to do without all of it, right? Sure. So they're moving at this breakneck speed. Apple's going to get there. They're just going to get there a lot slower. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're, you're sacrificing the ability for these things forever. You're just taking life in the, you know, the middle lane of traffic. You're not in the mm-hmm. slow lane. The slow lane would be like not have anything to do with any of it. Sure. But you're not in the fast lane. But you're in the right lane. <laughs> yeah, you're in the lane where you're less likely to get into an accident. Sure. So... Yeah, slow lane, you'll get into an accident because people want to merge with you. Fast lane, because that's where a lot of the assholes like to be. The ones who zoom left and right, you know, cutting between cars. Sure. That middle lane, statistically the safest. And now we're talking about traffic. Welcome to random, 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 random. Yeah, speaking of traffic, holy crap, man. It took me two and a half hours to get to Monterey from San Jose the other day. Jesus. I know. It was in the morning. It was during rush hour. I mean, I didn't really have a choice on when I had when I could leave either. So it, it, it's just crappy on every possible level. That's audiobook time. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up uh, listening, re-listening to um, one of my, my favorite just fun audiobooks, which is uh, The Martian. I actually really, really like that audiobook. I don't like the book as much, but in audio form, the, 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 so that's an interesting thing too, discovering that there are some books I like much better in audio form than I do in actual reading form. Yeah, or once you get into audiobooks enough, like knowing the names of, of like narrators, sure. like, oh, this guy reads, this guy reads really well. Mm-hmm. I like this guy. 
because some of them is very, very welcome to the audible edition of Jane Austen's. It's usually a woman who reads Jane Austen, but you get my point. That highfalutin, like I'm reading a book language. And then there's the people where you're like, oh, this guy guy does voices really well. I like it. That's that's like I was telling you before, like Karen Gillian doing um, A Secret Garden. Mm. Like, oh, she does some voices. I like this. This is good. She goes down low for some of them. It's real nice. There's a the guy that was reading. I don't remember who, uh, but Lord of the Rings. And I was like, Meh. yeah, you kind of have to do voices to do Lord of the Rings. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. If you're you narrating it properly, voice. yeah, especially or The Hobbit. That's got to be the hardest book to do an audio version of because you've got how many how many of them? They're all all dwar- uh, they're all dwarves. They're all, <laughs> I mean, but you got to find a different dwarf voice for like, what is it, like 12 of them? Something like that. I forget the, I forget the guy who did, um, who, who narrated the Harry Potter series, but I had those on audiobook when I was driving back and forth from LA quite a bit. But having to do a bunch of kids' voices as an old man is really mm-hmm. interesting. Like, I mean, there's some, some, there are some audiobook readers out there that, would we call them narrators? Is that appropriate? Yeah, why not? Um, let's call them narrators. Um, but there are some that are just masterful at it. It's it's just a different breed of of audio recording, and it's just unbelievable. Well, yeah, they're they're actors, really. Yeah, absolutely. You know the the thing that always drives me nuts. And some people do it well, but is when the men try to do the women's voices and oh, like, and I'm like, oh. what is that? Like a like a a very very small mouse? That's not a woman. Yeah. Just do it as a woman's voice and just soften your soften your your syllabants a little bit and it sounds like a woman. You know, it doesn't sound like a woman, but it sounds more like a woman than this does. It's like a woman's voice if an alien was just if someone described an alien voice to a woman and they tried to reproduce it. Yeah. I wouldn't even do this voice for a female Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> like the Muppets even have better voices than that. Come on now. I really, I really, you remember when the Muppets used to do those really, um, like Muppets in Space? Uh, there's a couple of them out there. But I haven't seen a Muppet parody of something in a really long time, and I would really like to. Like an Avengers Muppet parody would be really good. Oh, that would be great. Oh, it'd be amazing. But keep it just as serious. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Gonzo as Thor, except oh. instead of a metal winged helmet, he has a chicken on his head. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, just so many options. I I would like to see I would like to see that done at some point. You know, Kermit would be Captain America, of course. What I was don't know the why. What was the last um, Muppet movie? Um, I think it was the one with Jason Segel, right? Well, yeah, I think so. Or was it? Or was um, what's his name? Ricky Gervais? Did he? Was that the same movie, or did they do a movie after that? I believe that is the same movie. Okay, they did a TV show for a little while too. Another TV show. Oh, I didn't even know that. It was, like a, it was like a, it was like almost like The Office. Mm. It was called, I think it was called Muppets without the. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you know what I want to talk to you about? Mm. Something we, for everybody who listened last week, no, number one, if you made it through uh, the political conversation, thank you. Thanks for sticking around. Um, because for those of you who didn't stick around past that, you <laughs> Probably one of my favorite parts of an episode that we've had in a long time, which was that conversation on, on authenticity. Oh, sure. I think that that, that, that was probably the strong, strongest point of the episode for me where I was like, oh, man, this is, this is a good conversation. 
all of it was good, but like that part was just gold for me. Wow, big one. I was I was holding that one back for like six words. Hey, um, Chad, before you continue, um, can I, I have to pee really bad for some reason? Can I go do that real quick? Sure, but I'm leaving you asking. <laughs> Bring it back. Hold on. Oh my God, Chad. Jesus, I'll be back. So we're back. We're a professional show here, guys. I'm watching uh, Bohemian Rhapsody done by the Muppets right now. What? Yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah, you got to post that one. That's amazing. I'll pause it right now. I can get back to that later. Um, Now I have the Muppet song I'm mad. Yeah. I love that. What was that? Like the 70s Muppet show? I really want to do a modern cover of that. Like, I think I may do that. Yeah. You should do it for your Patreon. What's it? And I want to do like modern covers of all the Kermit songs too. It's not easy being green. See, that's all Patreon type shit you could be doing. Yeah, and I know. Could be I know. Supporting you in that. I know. If I if I were home, I don't think you understand, Chad. I've been home for like a literally to sleep this week. Yes, but if, <laughs> if people were paying you, you'd have a reason to do it. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. You have to create the opportunity to be supported before people will support you. Yeah. They're not going to yeah. just dive and say, I'll do it now. You know what I think is really strange too in the long run um, for all of our Patreons is I think they're going to... We have such different things that we want to do that people will support us for entirely different reasons. Right. That's what. That's one of the reasons that I was saying that, that you know, at first I know you were worried that, you know, splitting it up like that was going to be weird. But I think it's going to be awesome because when you do it as a group you end up kind of mixing things. You don't get as much variety as you think that you would. Mm -hmm. It ends up becoming more white bread because like, Oh, here's one thing from this person one day, but everybody plays it safe because you don't want to be the guy that's putting the guy or the girl that's putting out the content that is risky when everybody else is doing stuff that isn't. But if it's your own, you got nobody to report to. So you can do whatever the fuck you want. So you're going to take more risks if you dive into it. Which is super weird. I never thought that my thing would be music. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've loved music my entire life and I've always done it. But it's one of the few things that I've done that I've actually treated like a hobby. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's really strange for me. Like photography, I never treated as a hobby. Writing, I never treated as a hobby. I took all those things pretty seriously. And I mean, music to some extent, I've, all, I've taken it pretty seriously, but nothing like I am now. Like, I mean, this is, this is very different. Yeah, that's why you should dive and take that. You know, it's like what I was saying about those, about books. You know, it's like, well, I'm into this right now or TV shows. Like, just dive at that full, you know, like research that that thing that you just read about as much as you can right now. Because when you get back to that note later, you might not care as much. You sure. know, like, this is your time for music. Maybe in five years, it won't be. So now's your time to dive. Yeah, sure. And that's that, that going back to where we were before you had to um, relieve yourself. Uh, the authenticity <laughs> thing. First of all, if you guys listen to these episodes and you don't listen to the end, you're making a big mistake because the beginnings of these shows are 
they're good, but they're a little rough. It takes a little bit for us to get into our groove. And it isn't, I think, uh, the end of almost every episode, the conversations that we have are usually the strongest. Um, would you say so? Yeah, but you know what the stark irony is going to be? Like, the end of this episode is going to suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do like Bob Dylan's uh, self-portrait album. We're going we're gonna to say we're doing that on purpose. Totally. Or, or half of Bob Dylan's actual career. Yeah. Um, so authenticity, right? We, we talked about this, like, um, and we're not going to reiterate that because just go listen to two episodes ago. But what this idea of us becoming more authentically ourselves, you know, not only the way that we are on the show, but, you know, it plays into the Patreon thing and it plays into um, all of these other things in our lives, but those being the things that pertain to the people listening. And I've been thinking like the the last week I've been just kind of um, because of the heat, I haven't been able to go for as many long walks with the dog because number one, I don't want to kill him. I don't want to kill myself. It's just been brutally hot. Um, but I have been just kind of sitting and thinking and trying to give myself that same, same kind of headspace that I would. And the weird question to ask yourself is what does it mean to be more authentically myself? How do I, what are the steps that I go about to be authentically more myself? How do I do that? Did you have that thought process after that conversation? I've actually been having that thought process for about a month and a half. And that conversation just gave me much clearer insights into how to do that. (laughs) Oh, well, please elaborate because you sound like you're many steps ahead of me. So I could use a little, maybe use a little guidelines. Um, it requires a brutality um, about yourself and and an honesty that you will then desire from your friends, and so I think that's where I am um, with it now. Is that I'm I'm asking my friends to be honest about me to me, um, and not to pull punches and not to guard my feelings. I mean, don't be a jerk, of course. I mean, don't just tell me that I'm a dickhead or anything like that, but give me reasons as to why certain things that I do could be better, um, or who they really see me as. You know what I mean? Um, and if that that vision of who they see me as matches with the vision that I have of myself and what I see myself as, mm. so the conversations I've been having with with certain friends that know me particularly well have been extraordinarily useful, um, including a few conversations that I've had with my ex actually um, that have given me clear insights into some of the reasons why I wasn't authentically myself when we were together. And that's been that's been very tough to hear at points, but very useful in its its in its connectivity to where I was and where I am now. I think that's a fertile ground that people don't usually dig into. Is who has better insight than somebody? Even if things ended bad, you know, like who has better insight <laughs> into you than somebody that you've had a relationship with for a long period of time? Yeah. And, and especially like someone who sees you every single day and saw you every single day within that span of time will have some pretty unique insight into who you are as a person. I mean, don't get me wrong. Take it all with a grain of salt and take it all with some emotional objectivity um, in that you know their, their view of you is colored by their perception of themselves and their, their particular feelings within that moment too as well. You know? So it's not all them. Right. Well, it's same for your friends too. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. No, one, no one's going to be able to give you an uncolored perception. That's although why. I although I will say though that a few of them have been able to, and that's been interesting. Well, I, I would I don't say that I I would argue that that's not possible, but it may just be that you agree with what they said. Um, in in some cases, yes. Um, in other cases, definitely not. 
but I see that there's a logic in the in-between, um, as in where my perception of a certain thing is is opposite to what their perception of it might be, but the truth is probably lingering somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, the, like, the, the digging for me... See, my this is interesting because my my authenticity, digging in my authenticity, has very little to do with other people. Mm. Uh, but I mean, I don't, I don't have a ton of people in my life actively in my life, so that's not really a place for me to look. Your 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 life is very much rooted in other people. Yeah, and mine, mine is very much the opposite. Mine is very much rooted in myself and. Um, a small, small group of people and, sure. a, do- and a dog. It's um, <laughs> a great name for this episode, actually. A small group of people and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, what I spend a lot of time thinking about is like, okay, what, what, what things that I do or what things that I don't do are things that are like authentically me. And why are those things authentically me? And how can I do those things more me? You know, like uh, like writing. You know, like you know the feeling that when you write something, and you're not being authentic. Oh, sure. You know, you're taking on. It, it usually happens when you're creating something that you're gonna, you know, other people are gonna read. Um, but there's this feeling where you're like, I'm not, I'm not really fully. This isn't really fully me. Mm-hmm. Um. So looking for ways that you're doing things where you're like, I do that, but am I doing that the way that I do that? Or am I just doing that? You know, like, for example, this Instagram thing, the Instagram idea. Everybody in the world, not everybody in the world, but everybody for the most part that uses Instagram thinks the same exact way about it. That it's about getting more followers and it's about, you know, people will tell you, oh, it's for keeping up with friends and all this stuff. But they pay attention to how many likes they get on photos. They they know how many people follow them. Like they're, 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 the the analytics are part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because we're all convinced that that's the way that that thing works, and then that's how we do it. And when I say we, I mean we as in users of a service. But there are other ways to use it. And every once in a while, you'll run across an Instagram account or a Twitter account or a social media account or a website or something that does something completely different than everybody else. Not in the content, but the way that they use it is just completely different than everybody else. Sure. And I don't, I don't have any specific examples right now, but um, they just... They use it, and you're like, like I, actually, I can think of one right now. There was a girl who would type up poems um, on a typewriter and take a picture and put it up, and it was a place for her to publish poetry. Hmm. It wasn't about, and it was literally black text on white background, photograph of a piece of paper. That's it, and that's not even as drastic as some people have been able to find. I just can't remember any of them, but that's a that's a good example. It's a visual format, but she's using that visual thing to her advantage in a way that most people wouldn't think because most people would think visual format, make it look pretty, make it look interesting, make it look bright. And black and white is like the opposite of that. Um, And she's using it not as a visual way to stimulate, but as a way to visually project something. And 
Go ahead. You were going to say something. Sure. I mean, I, I, I fall into that as an artist every once in a while too. Like, I mean, I'm a photographer. Um, and there are times where I don't care about how pretty an image is. I know that sounds really weird. Um, but I definitely find myself trending. You're not trending. That's just, yeah. It's like you and saying kudos. I hate the word trending so much. Um, this shit is just spewed into us and then it oh, comes it's out. Gross. It's it so comes gross. Out at the worst times and we're like, oh, and we're recording it. Which yeah. makes it even worse. Yeah. Continue. But the, 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 but the feeling I have is that there are times where the, the starkness of the image matters much more than the beauty of the image um, or the message within the image itself. And so there, there are moments where I, I definitely have a tendency to, to, to work more towards black and white than I do in color. Um, and I, I find my tendency to that being stronger and stronger, especially lately for some reason. Um, I, like, I like visual starkness. Yeah, and I think that's you digging more into your authenticity. Yeah, it's honest. There's an honesty to it, sure. And what I've been trying to do is not only just find things like that, but also do both of the things we're talking about. Find things that are... That's the way that I like things to be. That's, That's what I'm trying to accomplish there. And then the other thing, like, this isn't the way that people use things, but this is a good way to do this. Sure. Um, which is why we ended up with with an Instagram again, because w- what we did before when we had an Instagram was try to use it as an Instagram account. Our Instagram account is not an Instagram account. We're not going to follow anybody. We're not going to reply to anything. We're not going to answer DMs. None of that. We're just going to put up images of things, and most of them will, in some way, relate to this podcast. And it's just. It's a way to, with the tools that we had without Instagram, we had my Patreon, which doesn't work for putting stuff for the podcast. Because number one, only the people that pay would be able to see it. So it doesn't work for all of our podcast audience. And it's my account. It's not our account. So that's, that's weird that they have to go to my account to see something that's for all of us, all three of us, or all four of us, if you want to throw Latte in there. Although technically he's a subdivision of my account. <laughs> Anybody that supports me is, a, is supporting Latte. Um, yeah, sure. They will help pay for his food. Um, pretty directly too. Like, I mean, you're pretty much outright supporting the dog. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so that tool's out. Okay. Then what else do we have? Holy Face, full... Facebook. No, no, no. I mean that we... Of things oh, that oh, we, oh, we okay, have. Okay, gotcha. Available gotcha. to us. Yep, yep. That we, we are already using. Um, we have... My website, Holy Fool Productions, which technically, you know, like that's what it's transitioned to. It's really just my website where it's like, here's a podcast and here's a, here's my writing. Um, and here's my Patreon, basically. And I'm like, so that doesn't work. And then we have the Fireside, which is the random badassery website, right? Sure. I can post images on there. But... Th- what people don't know about this is in order to post images on there, because it's not really made to do that. I have to take the image. I have to upload it to their server or I have to upload it as media on my website and get a URL from either one of those. Oh, I didn't know that. And then I have to add the URL to whatever blog post I'm putting up there because it's not really meant to do robust photo sharing. It's really just meant to put up, you know, like, Here's a longer form explanation of something that we talked about on the podcast. It's more for writing. 
and here's one image to go with that or whatever. So there really wasn't a way to push out images. You know, like when we're talking about this, this door latch and you guys are listening and this is an audio format. There's not really a way for us to get across what this is if you have no idea what the fuck it is. Sure. And the easiest way to do that is to have an Instagram. And it's not the way people use Instagram. It's not going to be pretty. <laughs> I mean, if you don't listen to the podcast, there's probably absolutely no reason to follow it. Mm. But it's it's finding that tool. So like to me, that 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 was a big thing where it's like, this is something that the show needs. It's, and that's why, you know, it's like it has nothing to do with you or me or Tom. We're not putting... We're not, we're not going to be having conversations and shit on there. It's not going to be a social place for us. And I, hopefully people won't be, you know, like jumping in there like that last episode, blah, 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 because nobody's going to read that. <laughs> you know, it'd be, you know, it'd be really cool is if it got to the point where people literally listened to the episode and followed along the episode on Instagram. I, I, I was thinking about that, but I don't know that that's necessarily possible. Hmm. Because I'd have to have all the images up before the episode aired. Which we could do. We could. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. It's just a matter of I don't I don't have the time to do that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> because I get the episodes up in time now, but having to plan all that. What and I don't want to make promises like that. It's not, sure. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not what I want this show to be. I don't want this show to be so like straight laced. Sometimes, you know, if I find that picture of the latch of the door and I remember, I'm gonna post it. You listen to this, you check the Instagram in the next couple of days, you'll probably see a picture of it if I find it. If I don't, then it's not gonna be there. <laughs> and you know, or if I'm watching a, a cartoon and there's a funny scene and I want to take a picture of it, there you go. Here's a picture of a cartoon. Or if you uh you know, read an album or read an album. That's good. If you read uh, an album, um, if you listen to an album and you're like, this is a great album. Boom. There's a picture of the album cover. You know, not these long fucking descriptions with hashtags and all this shit. I don't give a fuck if our Instagram is ever popular. It's to enhance this program. That's sure, it. Sure. That's it. And that's authenticity. Is it admitting that? Is admitting that, you know, like we're not trying to be popular because you know, Instagram, our Instagram will be popular. And then by making our Instagram popular, then our podcast will be more popular. Fuck all that shit. How about we just service the people that are here now listening and be real and have fun and just fuck around, you know, watch videos of fucking animal doing a drum solo in this Bohemian Rhapsody video. <laughs> <laughs> that to me, that's like more, uh, that's probably a, a side of me that probably hasn't come out in this show a lot 